Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. So the German Sonatal Way has been in the news pretty constantly through the last couple of years, and it parallels nicely with the Synod on Synodality, because the demands of the German bishops have been mirrored by the demands of the laity and the many bishops' conferences around the world. And Rome has tried to intervene against the German bishops to tell them to not go things alone because their synodal way is a little bit different than the rest of the churches. But they are calling for normalization of the James Martin sin, changes to Catholic doctrines and morality on various things related, of course, to the flesh, the role of laity, ordination. I mean, you name it, they're, look, they're pushing hard for changes. And these demands get all mirrored in the broader synod of synodality from the National Bishops' Conferences. And the continental phase of the synodal process in Europe is going on right now, or at least as I'm recording this, although it appears to be kind of wrapping up, I think, unless I'm mistaken. But Cardinal Gerhard Mueller has been observing all of this, and he wrote a letter correcting the German bishops again. And in this letter, he uh, pretty much calls them schismatic. He doesn't use the word schism or schismatic, but he basically says they're not even Catholic, that they've left the faith, that the German, he, he makes a reference to the German synodal church <laughs> at one point in this letter. He also makes a reference to Eastern Catholics. And this is a, this is a more of a comment about Bishop Botzing and what he said and some things he said about the Polish bishops, as well as uh, Eastern Rite bishops who are participating at the larger synodal meeting in Prague. This letter is ha, suffers from the same thing that many of Cardinal Mueller's letters do, which is this hyper-focus of claiming orthodoxy by citing exclusively Vatican I, or Vatican II, rather. In an ideal world, Vatican II would be cited as just one council among many. Almost none of the hermeneutic of continuity, Benedict XVI type bishops, cite anything before Vatican II, or if they do, it's typically, you know, papal declarations about the papacy itself from Vatican I, and everything before that is treated as if it didn't exist. It's unfortunate, and Mueller does that here. All of the citations are to Vatican II or to the Bible. But it's still interesting because he's correcting the German bishops, but this could also be leveled at all the bishops pushing for heterodoxy across the church. So, I'm going to let Cardinal Mueller do the rest of the talking from here, and I'll give you some thoughts on all this at the end. The continental phase of the World Synod in Prague was used, as expected, by the protagonists of German alternative Catholicism to flaunt their felt but not proven moral spiritual superiority over Eastern traditional Catholicism. The German church's other Catholicness is, as they boast, founded in their advanced interpretation of Vatican Council II. If necessary, the council serves them even beyond its authentic teachings or in diametrical opposition to the Catholic creed as a template to evaporate Christianity in Germany. Millions of departures and inner de-Christianization even of the remaining nominal Catholics. The sacramental constitution of the church is undermined by discrediting the successors of the apostles in the episcopate as holders of power in a secular sense. To prevent the abuse of power, the bishops and the Pope would have to share their usurped rule with lay functionaries, even if the latter claim the Moloch ritual as a human right, as if shared power of people over people would not double rather than reduce their pro the 
evil things done to them. The essence of Christ's church, however, is not the exercise of power to enhance one's sense of self, but its mission to serve the salvation of people. The whole approach of this German Catholic ecclesiology is false and self-destructive because the nature and mission of Christ's church is derived naturalistically from political power and ideological totalitarianism instead of recognizing the mystery of the church in the light of the revelation of the triune God in the history of salvation. See Lumen Gentium, chapter 1. If a theology professor at this meeting accuses the Second Vatican Council of not having continued to think about the concept of the people of the God in the second chapter of Lumen Gentium in a popular democratic or national romantic way, then the appeal to his competence as a New Testament scholar is nothing other than the abuse of scientific authority. The participation of all the faithful in the prophetic, royal, and priestly ministry of the church is sacramentally grounded in baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and not in the power that emanates from the people in a democratic constitutional state. If the ministry of bishops, priests, and deacons is grounded in the authority of Christ and exercised in the spirit of the good shepherd, then the constructed opposition between priests and laity is also nothing more than a transparent strategy for appropriating for oneself the power of disposition over the spiritual and, above all, material resources of the ecclesiastical institutions. The appeal to the voice of the people was quite ambivalent in history. The people of Athens to often took offense at their philosophers and democratically condemned Socrates to the ultimate penalty. The people of God repeatedly grumbled against the Lord and the Red Korah rebelled against Moses and Aaron. Finally, Pilate could cynically say to Jesus' face, your people and the chief priests have handed you over to me. See the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 35. The Messianic people of God in the New Covenant, on the other hand, is characterized by the fact that all believers listen to God's word and not to the wise men and potentates of this world, insofar as they share together in the priesthood of Christ, and the ordained bishops and presbyters sanctify, guide, and teach the priestly people in the person of Christ, the head of the church. Tulum and Gentium, chapter 10, verse 21. However, the biggest bird was shot in Prague by the president of the German Bishops' Conference, who felt disturbed by the call for clarity in the proclamation of the revealed faith and the handed-down teaching of the apostles. See Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And the apostolic faith of the church, as if the words of the apostle to his co-worker and successor did not also apply to the bishops. I adjure you by God and by Christ Jesus, preach the word, appearing opportunely or inconveniently, convicting, rebuking, exhorting, in all patience and instruction. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but will seek teachers according to their own lusts, to tickle their ears, they will turn away from the truth, turning instead to fables. Full-bodied, the Christian faith is declared to be the religion of freedom and salvation, in contrast to the fixation on sins, as if our minister of word and doctrine had passed by the apostolic primordial confession. Christ died for our sins. See 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. So we do know, our old man was crucified with Christ, that the body ruled by sin might be destroyed, so that we might no longer be servants to sin. See Romans chapter 6, verse 6. And the call to freedom is connected with the exhortation not to make freedom a pretext for sin, so that we, the baptized, may walk in the Spirit of God and not fulfill the desires of the flesh. See the letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 1 and 13 to 25. The James Martin's sin and associated ideologies contradicting every scientific, philosophical, and theological anthropology have replaced the hermeneutics of the Catholic faith and the other being Catholicism of the German synodal sect. 
However, supernatural and saving faith comes from hearing the word of God and not from the blood and the will of the flesh or the voice of the people and their tribunes. The doctrine of faith and morals of the church is the complete and true reproduction of God's self-revelation by means of the sacred scripture and apostolic tradition under the guidance of the magisterium of the bishops and the Roman pontiff. See Dave Verbum, Vatican II document, verses 1 to 10. People with fleshly tendencies towards the persons of their own uh, a kind do not need the hypocritical gestures of inclusion out of bishops and cardinals who no longer see themselves as faithful servants of the word of God, but more as representatives of this new vote lobby, because like all human beings, they are created by God's love and redeemed from their sins in the blood of Christ. Christ came to have to save sinners and lead them to the way of salvation through repentance and conversion. With the help of God's grace, it is possible to fulfill the commandments of God, to conquer disordered inclinations, to avoid sin, and to do what is naturally and supernaturally good. Christ did not come to interpret away and minimize sin by appealing to God's love, but to draw its deadly sting from our mortal being and to enable us to live in true righteousness and holiness, following Christ. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. But if anyone sins, we have a helper with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, but not only for our sins, but also for those of the whole world. A bishop who, contrary to the nature of his office, denies the God-estranging and self-destructive power of sin in order to, quote, make the church vulnerable and present her, according to her nature and mission, as changeable, has not understood the mystery of salvation from sin, and precisely not to sin, and has failed in his vocation as successor of the apostles, namely to forgive people their sins in the Holy Spirit by virtue of Christ's mission from their father. In summary, the reasons for the considerable tensions that the co-chairman of the German Synodal Way perceives in the Catholic Church are not rooted in cultural incongruities among peoples, but in heretical contradiction to the Catholic doctrine of faith of Christ, the light of nations, whose glory shines on the face of the Church as she proclaims the gospel to all creatures. See Lumen Gentium, paragraph one. He himself confirms this staggering analysis by stating, in accordance with the Synodal Way, which is neither competent in terms of doctrine nor legitimized by canon law, but in blatant contradiction to the teaching on the nature and universal of Christ's church in the dogmatic constitution on the church, Lumen Gentium, which states, this is not my faith, not my image of Christ in the church. This brings the contradiction to the Catholic faith to the point. Catholic Christianity differs precisely from the old and even more so liberal Protestant hermeneutics, and that the profession of faith is not grounded in subjective judgment. Rather, Catholic faith is objectively grounded in the word of God, who in the confession of the visible church has made himself the principle and content of man's reasonable and free self-responsibility to the God who reveals himself in his son, Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit. Thus, the individual Christian in communion with the whole church is mediated through the God-man, Jesus Christ, into immediacy with God in grace and truth. See De Verbum, paragraph 5. The faithful are bound to religious obedience to the bishops in matters of faith and morals, and by inference in ecclesiastical discipline, only when they do so. If the representatives of the magisterium, meaning the bishops in communion with the Roman pontiff, also really recognize this truth and follow it in their actions. The magisterium is not above the word of God, but serves it, teaching nothing but what has been handed down, because it hears the word of God with reverence by divine mandate with assistance of the Holy Spirit, preserves it sacredly and interprets it faithfully because it draws from this one treasure of faith all that it proposes to believe as revealed by God. Okay, so a couple of major takeaways here. First and foremost, Cardinal Mueller reminds the German bishops that they have failed in their vocation. That is a heavy charge. 
He has said that they failed in their vocation if they do not uphold the faith, if they do not teach the same faith that was handed to them. The vocation of a bishop and of a cardinal is to pass on the same faith, to preserve it, to pass it on to those who come after them, to the laity under their protection, and to, of course, the bishops that they raise up from the priesthood. That is their job. And they have failed it when they sit there and advocate for turning the church over essentially to the laity. The German bishops have called for checking the papacy with a body of the laity. That sounds nuts to me. Can you imagine how bad of ideas would happen if that were to become the case? They're doing that in Germany. They're trying to create a body of laity to govern parallel to the Germans, to the German bishops. Think about that. That's an extremely something extremely destructive to the faith. And Colonel Mueller is rightly calling it out here. Again, I will take him to task for his hyper focus on the on Vatican II. It would be nice for him to recognize that you know Pius X existed and his writings existed, that Leo XIII existed, that Gregory XVI existed, that Pius VII existed, or Innocent III, or any pope you care to name, going back to the apostles, they existed. They had things to say that are relevant here. But unfortunately, his main focus here is that the, the German bishops violate Vatican II by pushing further than Vatican II pushed for when it changed things in the church. And that's the great weakness of this argument, in my mind. I'm curious what you think about this, though. So let me know in the comments. What do you think of Cardinal Mueller's letter? Yes, it's a little dense in its translation, unfortunately, but it's, I think, a valuable letter. But what do you think of it? Is this more advertising for his book, by the way? He has a book out now. It's mostly in German, I think, but it'll probably get in English or North American release soon. But he has a new book out, which is why he's been silent for the last couple of months. It's been a couple of months since I had one of these. But now he's out swinging. Is this just pushing for a book? Are you more cynical about that? Because I know some people probably will be. I'm not so sure that he's... I don't take the cynical angle, to be clear. I think he is chastising the German bishops, and rightly so. Well, let me know what you thought of this in the comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.